The platypus is an egg-laying, semi-aquatic, venomous mammal with a bill, and it glows when exposed to UV light. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I am mostly Erasmus. I'm mostly awake. And I'm the one who caused it. <laughs> yes, it's all your fault. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's How the fuck are you doing? Two thirds th- zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and, way too early to be recording. A and podcast, this is why know. we usually don't record in the mornings. Why? Exactly. Well, come on, it's 10 o'clock. Now it's 10. We've yeah, been talking for half an hour. And yeah. I've been awake for three or something. Hours, not three in the morning. St- st- still awake already. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. How are you guys? Fantastic. Um, good. Really good. Well, ex- explain why it's your yeah, fault. Yeah, develop a little bit. Um, it's, it's my fault because I have plans in the afternoon, evening where we usually record. And you guys were kind enough to uh, push the um, recording into the morning. Yeah, never are, again. Some would say yeah. early morning. <laughs> What? What? <laughs> I said, yeah, never again. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Red was the one this morning, like texting. It's like, rise and shine. How is everyone? And I'm just like, oh, I didn't even have a coffee yet. <laughs> Come yeah, on. I want to motivate myself by being motivational, but yeah. uh, it's kind of mean. Work. It's called being mean. Is it? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, here we are recording yeah. podcast at 10 in the morning on a rainy Thursday. So, mm. yeah. Oh, it's just cold here in Norway. But anyway, that's, that's not unusual for this time of year. Yeah, it's not. A lot of snow recently? Yep. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's the, the snow, wizard it's point of the podcast, as we are required to do. On a oh, yeah, yeah. Season. No, we always need to commit a, the Norwegian weather report. Yeah, always. But again, it's good. From what we talked earlier, you guys had a busy week, haven't you? Well, oh, yeah. Christmas. Oh, yeah, fuck. I have been dealing with projects that are not agreeing with me. I, I saw that in the story, yeah? yeah I have not but, watched the story, but I heard you bitching in the chat. Yeah, it's, it, it's coming along. Um, it's just a question of how much do I need to redo to make it correct? and straight and true and all of it. Uh, it's a bit too complicated and I don't care to explain it proper, but uh, it's welding. I don't like welding, but mm-hmm. I'm working through the order of operations to make sure that in the future, I hopefully can do this easier and quicker and better and have sort of a system to how to tack different things together so that they stay on where I want them. And shit. You, had, you had issues with your metal glue gun? No, the glue gun is fine. It is how it, how everything assembles and how it wants to warp and not stay true. Oh, so it's the person handling the glue gun. Yes, sadly, my, I, I don't like my employee. Well, I breaks everything in like. Yeah, I would wish I could. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, practice makes the, the master. And as we discussed before, it only it's going to take you about forty thousand hours till you're a master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll get there when, I, when I'm dead, probably. No, you will do that way before. But are you happy with the way it's going? Like in the sense of, of course, you would. I'm, I'm sure you would like to finish the project uh, quickly. Yeah. Uh, you would like it to be perfect and straight and 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 sturdy and everything and cheap to produce. Yeah. Are you happy 
of about what you are learning at the moment with I, this project or is it just like yeah. the, the fucking nightmare that you want to get rid of quickly no the the, the learning part is sort of the only part left that is kind of good and fun okay okay so there's uh, that that's, that's something yeah. to take out of the project yeah absolutely so it's it is very much a thing of like i want to finish this right and proper now instead of just refunding the customer and saying fuck it yeah this is too much of a hassle yeah even though it is now just costing me money to try to finish this but mm. it is what it is I, i want to go through the process i want to learn how to do this correctly mm. so that next time i can do it better yeah and and that did involve uh, as as you alluded to that i posted about it in my stories and i asked for feedback and just asked people so i know where my struggle has been i think i have an idea of where to go how to do it better next time but before mm -hmm. i tell anyone that what's your su suggestion for fixing this or for doing this job correctly and i got a lot of suggestions that i didn't think about but it is really nice to have that sort of in the back of your mind for next time yeah Or later on to realize that oh wait someone mentioned that there is something called like a rivet nut that you could use maybe mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. things that are weldable nuts and bolts that are designed to be welded mm -hmm. that i didn't think properly about so there's a lot of things for next time that i could try to get a hold of and try to make things easier for me um but yeah it's a thing you mentioned a tig welder are you that you don't have at mm. the moment are you are you considering buying one i mean ever since i tried uh hannes at camp kelsky last year or this summer it's still this summer uh yes i would very much like to have one because every once in a while that is the correct option yeah. i don't think it necessarily is for this job but it would probably if i were a really good tig welder it would have made everything look a lot nicer right away they're yeah. also not that heavy and they are extremely affordable Yeah, but I also would need to ten, be able to spend the time to learn how to TIG weld proper and things True. like that. So it, it is it, it is that dichotomy of I don't actually want to do a lot more welding jobs mm. and I don't really feel like I have the time to properly learn how to TIG weld yet. It is something I would like to develop in the future, but yeah. currently it has zero interest to be a good TIG, TIG welder right now. I mean, just, just use the chance. I think it's like if you go to places like Maker Central, Chaos Camp, there's also like always going to be opportunities to try yeah. yourself a TIG welding. And at yeah, one yeah. point, you're going to feel comfortable enough to just get one and use it a little bit. Yeah, uh, as I said, it, it would have been a good tool for something like this because mm -hmm. I want things to start out being really exact and having a TIG even without a filler and just be able to tack things together so they stay where they are yeah. and then go in and filler out later on. That, that would have worked. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's something to consider for the future. I want an induction forge first, but that's... Yeah, me too. Which, which is also getting cheaper, but it's still money. I think we're still talking like 2,000 euros plus. Frank, I don't want one anymore. <laughs> okay. Hannes did buy a really small one. I can ask him what he paid for it. I was considering making one because they, they, I saw yeah. a few videos on YouTube like say, hey, take your old microwave oven yeah. and turn it into induction forge. It was like, yeah, it sounds easy. And when you're you yourself it, in the process. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's that's the same. It's 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 not that easy. I have no knowledge. Uh, when it comes to electricity and uh, the, all that kind of things, because mm. it's kind of scary and, and, and I didn't have the opportunity, opportunity to learn. But yeah. I would imagine that they're really power hungry. Uh, the one I would be looking at would be 
either a 15 or 25 kilowatt uh, machine. 25 kilowatts. That is a shit ton of electricity. Yeah. But that's kind of what you would need if you want to heat up. So I think that would be like 50 mil round. Uh, I no. mean, if you if you do that in the summer, you can put your um, power meter next to you and use it as a fan to keep cool. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, no, but it it would be really handy if I were to do more railing jobs uh, yeah. or do more axe or hammer making. That's sort mm -hmm. of when I would need something to do a degree of 50 mil around. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a limit on how quickly it will heat up a certain bit of material to the yeah. desired temperature. It is not like a hard limit on what it can heat up. It is just a question of it will not get as hot as quickly. Mm. Uh, you might be able to, to get though. I, I, I'm making up the numbers because I don't recall exactly the conversation I had with Coal Ironworks back at Maker Camp. But the gist of what I remember is that I could take the 15 kilowatt machine, stick in a 50 mil round bar, and it will just take a minute to get up the heat instead of 20 seconds or 30 yeah. seconds. Mm. And that will still be quicker than using a gas or coal forge and more and cleaner and a lot cleaner and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So especially for a country like Norway, which is so heavy on hydroelectrics, mm -hmm. like, yeah, for the environment as well, like this would save a metric shit ton of carbon output. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's that whole thing of what can I afford? What will I realistically use it for? Will it, will it even be practical to eventually buy two machines and I can just start with a cheap one and I'll use that 90% of the time? And then I have a setup that is more heavy duty for the few times I need that in the future. Mm. I mean, that's also a thing. Well, it's almost Christmas, so you can ask Santa. I, I asked for an anvil last year. I don't think he liked that. <laughs> yeah, I <bet> he didn't. <laughs> what a good thing as a blacksmith is you can behave badly because worst case you get coal for persons. And exactly. use those. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work like that. I will get a shitty coal with lots of clinker in it. And with no, nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> but Red, how about your week? Um, remember last week when I told you that we had the, the visit of my in-laws? Yeah. Yep. Um, so they were kind enough to to visit us and to bring us uh, food from their part of the country and chocolates Ooh. and stuff, nice. but also bronchitis. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I started the week with a with a with a big Excuse heavy bronchitis. Which is getting a little bit better today, um, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, the week was busy. Uh, honestly, prepping for Christmas and having to deal with Santa directly in order to uh, have him deliver the, the, the present uh, to everyone. So that's yeah. sorted. But but it kept me busy for a, a good amount of time this week. Please, what it is? Or tell more about it. Uh, well, when you are smart and when mm -hmm. you are older and you love vi like video games, you can directly talk to Santa in order for him to deliver your kid a present that you can enjoy as well. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I got that one last year. Yeah, I know, I know. But, um, Recently, my kid is into driving games on my PS5. Ah. Oh, like Forza or? Uh, like... Not Forza. He's like, uh, he tried, uh, he's playing uh, F1 2022 and he tried mm -hmm. F1 2023. 
but it was a demo version. So it's like one circuit that you can just one track that you can yeah. and and you don't you can't tune the car, you can't do anything. It's just like try try it. And it was like that game is shit. You can't do anything with your car. It was like yeah, but it's a demo version. You can it's it's so calm down. Like, oh okay. You know what's funny? Steph and I are patiently waiting for the beginning of next year because they are doing a remake of Need for Speed Underground, oh. which was the best one, like on the PS2. Yeah, and I can already hear Ludacris like in the back of my head, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, the yeah. sound, like the soundtrack when you start it up, and just modding the shit out of your car. Like this is going straight back to the early two thousands. Yeah, that's going to be cool. I'm going to yeah. monitor that as well. But anyway, um, oh. The 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 thing is that he can't, oh nice you bought Elden Ring as well no my wife did oh so I'm not gonna see nice. her I for like the foreseeable future <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like my colleague said it's really good and I'm like yeah Rasmus has been playing that game nonstop for a year and she's like okay I'm gonna buy it and I'm like oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I, I do not want to hear that. angry messages from her about when she dies for the no that's that's all gonna be me like I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you all about <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to have a little pirate sitting on the couch playing that game mm-hmm. oh don't talk about pirate skull and bones are is coming out in February and I'm I'm looking forward to it just to see if they fix the game because I tried the demo version and it was shit so I'm really hoping that they what, don't what game? Uh, skulls and bones oh yeah uh, yeah yeah Ubisoft uh, Ubisoft uh, yeah, that, pirate game did it get postponed again is that lost oh it was postponed so many times yeah. and i, I tried think it's been the... postponed for the, like the better part of two years now yeah yeah and i tried it because they had an open beta version beta version like last year mm-hmm. and it was really bad so i'm really hoping that when it comes out in february uh they fixed everything and it's a good game for us to enjoy so anyway the kid is playing f1 2022 okay. and he's like yeah but Playing a car game with a controller is kind of difficult. So I talked to the wife and I talked to Sam and and is having a a Logitech G923 drive wheel with the pedal uh, that is going to be enjoying a lot. You and, might and have to build him a chair for that. Probably, but uh, he is going to be enjoying it a lot and, and I will as well. It's um, going to be a leather seat. <laughs> Come on, you it, have one of those old heights where you can just it, like strap over. Yeah, we'll we manage something. We'll manage mm-hmm. something anyway. So, yeah, but if that's, that is big gift for, for Christmas. And he has a, a different uh, other things. Mostly video games this year because mm. there's this game called Plath. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a game that he... Yeah really wants to do uh so we bought in that he's oh, I, no. I don't know why he's really into horror games like the the back rooms and fnaf and other things i don't know where i get that because we we are not into our uh, movies probably or, kids or, from school maybe probably i don't know but yeah so if, if i may interject slightly that sounds a little bit like one of those kids trying to be a bit more grown up than they actually are yeah that's exactly that's exactly what it is i think yeah Mm. yeah because we watched um jurassic park yesterday Mm. uh the first one uh because he heard uh, of it and he was like what's jurassic park let's come and see it watch Mm. it and through the the movie was like a bit scared but not scared but anxious to see if the kids uh were gonna die 
And uh, mm. I told him, no, first rule in Hollywood movies, mm. the kid don't die because yeah, yeah that, that, that's one of the rules. So he was okay, but he was a little bit scared of the T-Rex. Uh, so yeah, he's pushing himself towards uh, frightening stuff to mm. grow up and, and force uh, his nature a little bit, which is fine because that's how, uh, how you learn stuff. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the week was mostly sorting out the the present uh, for the family and all the kids and the parents and brother and sisters and stuff. But I also Ooh. had two good news. Uh, first Fortune. one, my, my my car passed the MOT. The other Yay! Day. Better, so, even better. Yeah, I'm I'm good for two years, two more years with my tardies. And the other one, the town hall lady, called back and <laughs> the the design is approved. So yeah. I can start building the forge, which is officially a shed, um, whenever I the fuck I want. Uh, so nice. I'm going to wait till March probably for the weather. Uh, gets a little bit better because at the moment it's like cold, rainy and wet and I don't mm. want to be building anything in the mud. Uh, but yeah, that's the two good news of the week. Car is is done and ready for the world, and uh, the forge thing will be happening. So very good. Happy. That's yeah. good. That's I good like week. that. Yeah, especially the forge. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's sad to hear that the amount of podcast content coming out of your car might be limited for the next few months, but we'll yes. manage somehow. Oh, there will there will be work to be done on the car anyway, but it's it's safe to drive on the roads. That that's what I I, I retain from yeah. it. So like that that is a nice thing to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And you had a topic? Yeah, I had a topic. I had an idea. My week was also good, thank you. Yeah you didn't talk about your week. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> you talked about shit. Yeah, it's okay. It's uh, it's been busy. Visiting, it's the same as last week. Visiting mm -hmm. customers a lot of time in the car or time spent in the car. Uh, the lovely, no, no, same amount. Oh, fine. Yeah, I've been basically living in my car for the last week. Yeah, but that's really like the only thing that happened, other yeah. than uh, really pleasant evenings with like playing a little bit of PS Five, spending time with the wife, and. Nice. Uh, spending some time off the Christmas market, which is going still going on. Cool. Because apparently ours is going on for four weeks this year. Oh, okay. the second. Yeah. Yay, capitalism. There's there's been mold wine. No, it's actually like this is the quite normal for the one here. Uh, they always uh, start at a certain point, and sometimes it's only three weeks, and sometimes only four weeks, depending on how Christmas is uh, late. So it usually goes till a couple of days before Christmas. Mm -hmm. This time, because of everything, it just happens to be like the four weeks, like a longer period than... Okay. Yeah, because this year Christmas is what? Monday? Sunday? Monday? Sunday, I believe. Sunday, okay. Yes, okay. That, that, that tracks. Okay. That's it? That's it. Okay. Nothing nothing special, nothing out of the special. ordinary. I've been shooting my camera, developing... Yeah, let's see. That's that's part of the topic as well, and that's that's Ooh. a good segue and transition because that's part of what one of the things that I want to ask you guys. So let me just explain a little bit the context of of the question that I'm gonna ask you. Um, you know how I love maps, mm -hmm. and and if you don't now, now you do. Um, I love maps, 
So I was doing some research the other day on maps in general, old maps, funny maps, weird maps, and I stumbled upon one um, which is called the Hunt Lennox Globe. And it's from 1510. Okay. And it's, it's all written down. It's not from my memory because I, I didn't know about that thing before before I stumbled upon uh, that thing. So the Aunt Lennox Globe from uh, 1510 is one of the oldest globe that has been has been made uh, by humans to represent the, the Earth and, and to map the Earth. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, representing all the the explored territories of the world and somewhere on the globe there is this inscription it's those words hic sunt draconis and it literally monsters ARB monster ASB ARB dragons right yes okay that's that's where all the the weird creatures are supposed to be living in those times and it doesn't really represent monster or dragons it just represents a place that has not been explored yet yeah so it's unexplored territories uncharted territories at that time but this inscription these words have only been found on two maps and uh, on the Ant Lennox Club and on a previous map, uh, also from 16th century, uh, ma- made on a ostrich egg, which was probably the earlier version of the Ant Lennox uh, Globe that was made out of wood. Painted on the shell of an ostrich egg? Yeah, egg? M- m- more engraved on it. Oh, not okay. painted, but mm-hmm. Was like the the egg is like the 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 sketch for the second version, uh, which is the wooden globe. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what what's interesting in in that thing to me at least is the inscription "Hic sunt draconis," and it made me think of two things. I love maps because it's finite and infinite. To me, a map represents the world as it is known mm. and it's even though it it limits all the opportunity for you to discover new things it's the it gives you the opportunity to discover new things if you see what i mean mm-hmm. you can't uh, discover something new if it's completely explored by someone else but as you never travel the world, it gives you the opportunity to discover everything that you, you can discover, right? So my thinking was when they wrote on those maps, Hic Sunt Draconess, it was like a warning. Don't go there because there are monsters, there are dragons, and you will probably get killed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a warning for you to not go to those places and to stay where you are and to live your life. But it's also like, hey, if you want adventure, you can go there because we don't know what's there. And you can go see those monsters and, and discover new places, right? Yeah. So to, to short, shorten up a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm running long on that. My thinking behind that was that this sentence, Hic sunt draconis, is... Two things. 
you can stay at home. You can do whatever you want, what you know. And from a maker perspective, is like keep doing what you always do. Or you can explore new things and try new things yeah. and learn new skills, even if it, it can be dangerous or risky for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what's the problem with staying at home and doing the things that you usually do? Because something in the society and probably because of the socials and YouTube and TikTok and Instagram is pushing people to do something different, something new all the time and to dare learn new skills and go bigger and go sometimes crazier or stupider. Mm -hmm. But what's the problem with doing what you know and doing what you are good at? I wanted your, your point of view on that. Is there something bad about doing what you are doing on a daily basis and that you are doing well? Well, to start off, I would say that it is important to sometimes push yourself. Mm -hmm. But I completely agree with you that it's um, not overused, but it's really promoted to do that. Yeah. So it kind of leads you into that, that you have to do it. Um, I kind of see it that way. When I do projects, I love to discover new things and I love to do stuff differently. But I give myself um, time, like especially with like with the camera developments, like go to places I've already been to to shoot the picture, like shoot the same pictures basically again with a different camera with a different lens to see the outcome of it, mm -hmm. uh, because it's stuff that I'm comfortable with, and I think it's also important. Yeah. Or else you're never gonna see improvement with the things you're actually able to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about just basically sitting down and making, for example, blacksmith, like make a hundred knives and say it's like, well, this is because, but like if you do, maybe you did a production run of knives, then you go out and you do, I don't know, for half a year, you do spoons, I, I don't know, like just different stuff. Mm. And then you go back and just see how it feels because it's comfortable. It's something you already practice a ton of time. You know how it is. I think it's really important to have something that you're comfortable with to go back to. I think you, you, you said something very interesting about blacksmiths, not mm -hmm. only them, but we uh, on a regular basis hear blacksmiths say, oh, you want to, to be a blacksmith? Make a hundred nails. And when you've mm -hmm. done your hundred nails, make a hundred more. And when you hit 10,000 nails, you can start making knives or try to make knives. I can make a nail. If I make a second one, I'm not sure the second one will be looking exactly like the first one that I made. And so repetition is makes perfection, right? Practice makes perfection. Yep. What, what I'm surprised now is that people are, are uh, encouraged by the social, uh, social media to shift their attention all the time to new things, to different things, even if it's in their like realm, so to speak, mm -hmm. like, oh, you, you like as a laser worker, like it's not like I'm, I'm a blacksmith and I have to change or, or improve my technique on making nails or knife all the time. But if I make a, a again, a, a simple belt, I know how to make a simple belt. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with keeping uh What's wrong with making more belts for people to buy and enjoy if I'm already making 
good belts for them I, to buy and enjoy. Yeah, also, it's for you to feel comfortable but doing it. I mean, when you do something new every single time, um, there's a lack of comparison. Like you never, I mean, you see new techniques you can use for different pieces and say, well, I'm getting better at that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's much easier to see if you're going back to a product. Like maybe you haven't done a belt in like a year, mm -hmm. but it's something you know how to do. Now you go back and maybe you want to apply one of the techniques, but it's still something that you're familiar with. One mm -hmm. that like puts you, and I think the feeling is a big part of it that puts you to ease this yeah. is why i love pouring resin because it's kind of what i started with and i even if i haven't recorded it in a while there's been a couple of resin projects i've poured um lately like within the like maybe last half year yeah. and for me this is going back and just getting out the bottles just mixing up the resin just preparing everything for it makes me feel like i'm kind of like back in a like comfortable yeah thing where i'm not like oh my god i have to do um I'm, i'm filming for youtube i have to do a new project like every single time like this is just for me this is something i'm already well aware of i know how the resin behaves i know kind of like i can feel the bottle and know it's like oh the temperature is too cold for it i'm gonna better put it on the um basically uh heater for a little bit to wait till it goes up to temperature. It's just stuff like that where i already have the experience of course i could pour like different things but just like the general process is the same and it makes me yeah. feel comfortable and sometimes i need that Bryce, what about you it's twofold or maybe more than that but at least mostly um i i think it's important to have like a safe base that you can fall back on of mm -hmm. in general in life but maybe specifically now as we're talking about knowledge and practicing uh and, and doing craft that having something you always know you can go back to and say like okay i can just make more belts that mm -hmm. that will sell that will be a money maker that is really good but especially for me only doing one thing would drive me insane yeah. i need a bit of that challenge that exploration to not to maybe fully to stay interested but to continue to have fun yeah and i'm noticing that a lot with Uh, whenever I do custom jobs, it's always some kind of challenge. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, it's always really good to go back to doing production work because like, okay, now I feel like I know what I'm doing again mm -hmm. instead of just banging my head against the wall. But then you have the custom work where you have like, you start out having no idea what you're doing. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, wow, I figured this shit out. Mm. And next oh. time it's going to be easy. That's a big satisfaction. When it is. It really um, is. I, I love how you uh, compare it to the maps, like with the with the dragoness, because mm -hmm. it reminds me of like Fellowship of the Ring. Mm -hmm. you go out, have adventures, and then you basically go back to the Shire and, yeah. enjoy, it and enjoy it basically the home. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I really appreciate your point of view on that, and I, I'm. I'm again writing the. I'm with you on that because that's. Um, making something new and it's it's not about learning new skills because in your field you, uh, uh, when after a certain point you know the the skills you master the skills you know what you need to know about uh, the material you're using and the tools and everything so it's just like when making something you're just applying the knowledge you already have 
de not uh, depending on on what you are making you can be making a belt or wallet or piece of armor or bag or whatever it's always the same techniques that are applied in order to make it um so i'm really with you on on that thing that not making the same thing over and over again is good for you because you keep the fun you keep the motivation and all of that but um there's there's also this point of view of if you really want to master something you have to spend so many hours doing yeah. it doing the same thing especially in japan you know that's a thing if you want to be a master you do that one specific thing for more than ten thousand hours which is bullshit it only comes from pilots in order to get their license but anyway um that that's that's not a bad thing either right so no not at all i i i think i think quote unquote everybody would be a lot more happy if they were exceptionally good at one specific thing but if you because different thing you can't never spend those time ten thousand hours doing the same thing over and over again and becoming especially good to making one if you have to do it or if you're allowed to do it yeah i would say I think it also depends on how you go about it. I mean, we all know a lot of people who are very content doing the same thing over and over again, mm -hmm. doing that nine, nine to five job, being a part of the rat race, going home, have a good family life. Like some people are really content just living in that tiny world mm -hmm. and don't really go outside exploring. Don't mm -hmm. go looking for the dragons. Yeah. And then there's people like us who are constantly wondering like, yeah, but where is the dragon? I want to see yeah. the dragon. <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah. But if... I think everybody wants to, to some degree, be really, really good at something. Mm -hmm. Either that is like related to their family life or their work life or a hobby. But I think everybody wants to and kind of feel the need to be good and excellent at one specific thing. It can be tiny and minor. It can be interpersonal relationships. It doesn't need to be something tangible. Mm -hmm. But if... Mm -hmm you go through life and never feel like you are really good at something that this is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. That sounds scary to me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a very good point. Is that, do you think it's for recognition or for your own self-esteem that people want uh, to get? I think it's mostly, yeah, I think it's mostly self-esteem, but it is maybe more to do with self-worth. Mm-hmm that i know i can do this thing in, in i mean in my world like making the production runs of the, my the things i've been making hundreds of literally mm -hmm. over the last 10 years yeah but maybe thousands of a few of them like i can always go to the workshop and make those if it's been a while i'll fumble with the first two maybe three mm -hmm. and then i'm back into the rhythm and i can churn them out at a good tempo consistently yeah. and make very few mistakes that doesn't mean I never make mistakes, but I know I can fall back on that. I know I can do that and I'll feel good about myself, but I can only make so many of them before I start to get bored and wants to go exploring again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 yeah it's really interesting that you guys like think the same because for you, it's a huge part of your work. I'm just a hobbyist. Yeah. So for me, it's I do whatever feels pleasant at the time if i want to experience something new i'll make something new if i want to go if i don't feel like it and i want something that i know that i can do then i'm mm. just like basically as an example poor resin and for but me it's I, just 
yeah. Outside, outside of the whole making things, though, in 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 your job, your day job, you you have said that you are. You said, I think, before that you feel that you are a fairly competent seller and communicator about the products your company is making. Yes, and that's a really weird thing because I am, when it comes to that, before we talked to each other, I was not really self-aware of that because we had conversations like uh, basically off off the podcast and just talking about it and different sales strategies and stuff like that uh, made me realize this because it is my day-to-day job. For me, it's something that comes naturally because I learned it over the years, of course, but it's just like nothing I would put as a special it's nothing special for me. It's not mm. that it's not that skill that I acquired. It's just something, what it's the knowledge that comes with doing it. Mm. So I've been seeing that completely different from like a maker perspective. I was yeah. not really self-aware that that's something that what just comes normal for me is new to other people. I just, and, there's always the assumption of that. So I get it's the normal thing to do. Like everybody knows that. Uh, I have two comments to that, but one of them is, you can be excellent at something, but if you only hang around people who are better at you, you will feel like you're shit doing yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. So changing your, I mean, um, my thinking was, if you are the poorest of the 1% richest persons, people in the world, and you're only hanging around that 1%, you will feel like you're really poor. Mm-hmm. If you are the, if you hang around quote unquote normal people and you are the poorest one into 1%, you will feel fucking rich. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about context and how you put it, what you put it into, and but also it's that self-esteem thing of if this is just a thing you've been doing and no one has given you feedback or thoughts on it, mm. then you will not have any pride in what you're doing. It will just be a thing. It, it's kind of the stereotypical thing of like the Italian grandma cooking. Everybody from outside of Italy will think she's an amazing chef. Mm. For her, it probably is. Just what she's been doing, what she grew up doing, yeah. what she learned from her mom and her grandma. Mm-hmm. And she might not never have that pride in it because there is no context to put to give her pride. Exactly. Like, if, um, just to jump back to that with the sales, um, then yeah. I'm going to wrap that up. It's um, basically when you said it's like, oh, that's interesting. No, I didn't know that. Um, I take pride in my job, but I take pride in different things. I take pride yeah. in being reliable for the customer. Basically, mm-hmm. if he has questions that I'm making sure that those questions are answered, uh, mainly technical, because that's measurable. Mm-hmm. Basically, how long does it take me for a customer to reply? Just, just dropping him a short email. It's like, oh, I'm going to need a couple more days to get you the information, feedback. This mm. is stuff I'm taking pride in being a reliable contact person to the customer. Mm. But just the overall knowledge and the sales talk is never something I thought of as being something special. That's just because there's nothing to compare it to. Like my, my colleagues and I are working together, of course, but yeah, that's just, I never thought of that. Uh, there's, I think I remember the other thing. Or at least it's it's an it is another thing. Uh, it's an old trope of in a corporate world you get promoted to the level of your incompetence, right? Um, yeah. That's a very stereotypical thing. Like you you're good at your job, so you deserve to get a promotion with new challenges. And then mm. if you're good at that job, you get new challenges and get mm. promoted again. And that keeps going until you're suddenly bad at your job and you stop getting promoted and you're stuck somewhere. But yeah. then suddenly you're doing that job poorly. And your self-esteem yeah. plummets. Yeah. But if you're able to sort of dial it back and sort of know, like, uh, maybe you, you talked about this, Jan, like you don't want the management position. Yeah. Right? 
I kind yeah. of like the product specialist part of it. I yeah. not it's not that I'm not comfortable. Probably I'm not comfortable with it. It's just I don't. I have no interest in guiding other people. And and that is completely fair. And especially if you know you're good at what you're currently doing, mm-hmm. like not only sort of in yourself, but you have that validation from the, the, your colleagues, mm-hmm. and you feel satisfied there. There is quote unquote no reason to advance further. That's my point exactly. With the hints of Draconis. Yeah. There, there is no reason for you to go explore uncharted territories if you are good at what you are doing, if you are comfortable at what you are doing, if you mm-hmm. are recognized at uh, like being good at what you are doing and, and if it's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I come back to this example of Japanese craftsmen who are only making one, one thing for during their entire life. There is one guy in Japan that's making spin, wooden spin. And he's really good at it. And he's considered a a, a master craftsman because he's been doing wooden spins for, I don't know, 50 years, 60 years. It's just a spin for kids to enjoy. But Mm -hmm. he's the one making those spins so good, so well, so perfect that he can spin for minutes. Mm. And everybody's like, this guy is the guy if you want a spin, right? Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't have or doesn't look like he has the need to try to make something else because he's happy just making spins for kids for them to enjoy the this toy. Yeah. So I, I think it can apply to many many different things in life. Yeah. One being uh, your your. Um, Adam, dad, Adam, mom, you're taking care of your family. You're taking care of your children. You're taking care of the house. You make sure that when your partner is coming back home, the, you have food ready. The house is, is clean. Uh, so nobody gets sick and uh, the children are, are passed and the homework is done and everything. So that, that's something that you can really enjoy and really be good at. But not only you can be good at your job. And as Jan said, I like my position. I like what I'm doing. No need to go further and seek for promotion to pay. And yes, but yeah, my company did a fantastic job because there's one thing I cannot do is completely repetitive work. Sales helps because with new customer, new projects, that mm. this is keeps kind of the excitement. But also my company has done a fantastic job in feeding me new purpose over the last seven years. Because I've been basically That's the same great. position within the last seven years. Yeah. But I started in gauge business, which is like the normal um, feeder gauges. Mm. And then um, at one point, then they added a new product line and then they added another product line. And now I'm also doing OEM customers for feedback for the machines. And newly, like what I acquired this year is actually I'm now being part um, selling laser scale, mm. which is like the highest resolution optical systems that we have going down to picometers of resolution. And this is a completely other customer field. We're talking about semiconductor business. We're talking about, I mean, we're talking about... Um, subatomic measurement levels no with that word. yeah so all that the tiny. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a resolution of 3.6 3.2 like i think down to 3.2 picometer damn a, a silicium atom has i believe 12 to 14 picometer in diameter wow oh, fuck like i'm not i'm not kidding when i say it's like, yeah 
sub yeah, atomic. Yeah. So this one this is and also the customer field is a completely different because now I'm talking to physicists. Yeah. Now I'm talking to engineers in the semiconductor business, which is completely different from all the other fields I talk to. And I feel really insignificant because I've never studied physics. Mm. So basically yeah, I have people in that, front of me that know a see, lot more than I do, but I know the 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 I know what our products can do. Like I know the data yeah. of it. That mm. that's yeah, exactly. my point. But it's also Even though, it's learning something new. <laughs> that yeah, that's that's learning something new, but it that's still what you do in yeah. your company. You that's still your job. And you're feeling small because you're talking to people with a high degree and high education. Yeah. But Big they brains. don't fucking know your product and you do. And also though, you have it quote unquote easy in that challenge compared to them. Like they need to learn all of the advanced physics, you just need to learn exactly what is relevant to your product. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is still fucking challenging. I understand that. And, and, a little, and a little bit around that, because I also have to understand what the customer is trying to do with it to, yeah. in, in order to recommend the right product. For yeah, so I need an understanding. Probably trying to it, make up shit that blows up like physicists do. So don't really care <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, well, basically everything that works in your computer, graphic cards wise or um, CPU wise. Yeah. A small explosion inside the thingy with the. Pizza. Oh yeah, it would enough dust in your. With enough dust in your computer that also can get explosive. No, the um, that's that that's true. But I mean, it's it keeps the job interesting because it's a new thing to do. Like it's still the field that I'm working with, but it mm. still gives me new perspectives every single time. The only thing what I'm a little bit afraid of is this is the last product group my company. Like I've now worked through every product group my company has. So mm. once I've learned laser skill. Maybe management will become interesting because otherwise I'm just going to be stuck with all of the products I already know. Yeah. And I, and this is something that might push me into the next thing. I like, just in I like that. I like that though. That's um, my second point. Let me introduce <laughs> it, please. Yeah. Okay. Go, go on. Go on. So the, we've established there's nothing bad staying, staying in your field, staying in your realm and not seeking the dragons. Right. But what, what if it happens? What if, you want to see those fucking monsters and you want to get out of your comfort comfort zone. What they call, I fucking hate that expression. Comfort zone and thinking no, outside of the box. Zone. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> and thinking outside of the box, it doesn't make sense to me. That's that's made up expression that doesn't mean anything, even though there is an idea behind it, but I hate that. But still, you're comfortable and you you have this idea of getting out of it. You want to see those dragons. How and why does it happen? And how do you make it happen in the end? Because it can be very scary. It yeah, was yeah. made as a warning. Like, don't go there. You're going to get killed. But still, we want to see them. I mean, there's two kinds of people, though, in that sense. Like, who ends up going out there. I, I, I'm over binarizing it and making or making it always simplified mm -hmm. but like in my mind it's an easy way of thinking it's like two two kinds of people there's people who looks at that blank space in the map and go like well what what's there i want yeah. to know i need to know mm -hmm. and they end up going there and then you have the flip side of people who are running away from something else and they're thinking nobody will probably find me there mm. or that seems like it's far away from the troubles i currently have and like as, as a co comparison the reason the Vikings settled Iceland was because they got banished from Norway. The Vikings who settled Iceland got banished. Mm -hmm. And the people who settled Greenland and Vinland 
they got banished from Iceland. So the guy who discovered North America, he did that because he killed too many people in Norway and Iceland. You're saying that everybody that went to the US is a criminal? Yes. Something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. basically. basically. Okay. Yeah, just, just wanted to make it clear. I mean, not, yeah. not everybody, but it's... Uh, that is the first one. No, going by my Scottish and Irish ancestors that went over there, they didn't go there by choice. That, yeah. that was prisoner ships <laughs> that went over there. Okay, okay. They pulled a lot of shit. <laughs> sort of briefly about that uh, history bit. Um, a lot of... It was very much a chief, and not feudal, but it was very much of a chief society. Mm -hmm. You had certain powerful individuals with followers. Some of those people were de facto kings because they had so many followers that they ruled such a large part of the population or of the country. Mm -hmm. Others had was just captain of their, their ships, and they had 20 men with them. Mm -hmm. Or they were the captain of five ships, uh, ships because that was them and their father, their brother, their uncle. It was a more of a family thing. Good friends they had done gone a Viking with. They had already traveled with. Yeah. So when one of them got banished, the other ones would most likely be on their side and help them. Yeah. So yeah, when when Eric the Red got banished from Iceland, mm -hmm. I don't recall how many ships he had when he sailed over. I don't think he did that by himself. It might have been five ships or something. Okay. Then they sailed to Greenland. Which, by the way, is not a terribly far distance from Iceland to Greenland, but that's a different story. Uh, Again, maps. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but one person got banished and a whole society of Vikings settled down in Greenland. Mm -hmm. And then someone else got banished and they started a society down in Dinland, what is now Newfoundland and mm -hmm. Nova Scotia, that area. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they went all the way down to New England. I think I think it stayed up into the relative Canadian part of it, but th that happened. Then, coming up into the Middle Ages, towards the 1400s, people who then got banished from Norway, they went to Flandern in Belgium, Netherlands. Okay, yeah. So there's like a lot of exploration, a lot of travel has happened because people got banished and chased away. Mm. But uh, I think you can also see that in some people uh, that that we have met. Like either we know personally or not that they go exploring and go adventuring because they're running away from something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might be the the reason that they are running away from something. It might be way more personal now that it was like back in the time. They didn't get banished from yeah. that country or work or whatever. No, but like if you grew up in a really difficult family, yeah, yeah, really difficult household, you don't want to stay. You want to go get out as quickly as possible. Sure. So. My, I mean, I know my dad moved moved out when he was 16, more mm -hmm. or less running away because yeah. he was he, he was 16 and he was big for his age. So he looked adult-ish yeah. and he just <laughs> wanted to do different things. And back, this was then late 60s, early 70s. It was a lot easier to just pr pretend you were 18 when you were not. And yeah. he just ran away and he sailed to the Norwegian coast and things, silly things. I mean, yeah, I, you can probably tell that I'm his son at some point. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not because his home life was terribly difficult, but he had some, at some levels of ADHD and mm. probably just didn't get along so much with his mom anymore. Yeah. Just talking to a guy who went to Japan in his 20s and lived there for 10 years. So or, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, or, I get that. Or yeah. US in his 20s. Oh, US, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I was... Running away, flying away. 
from something at the time, but I, I was certainly doing so. Yeah, I was, or maybe I was just definitely running avoid. away. Sorry, say go ahead. I was I was definitely running away. I, I'm fully yeah. aware of that. Like at that point when I got over there, I was just fed up. Like I did the travel to pursue something better because I was miserable on that. And this, mm -hmm. I think, is one of the main things that changed um, going job-wise is now I'm getting new fields, but I love what I'm doing, but I'm using the other thing as a, something to grow. So I'm not escaping one part of the job to get to another one. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to make a full transition. I'm just trying to do more, Yeah, if that makes sense. It does. That's I, interesting, I, though, how I, the reason that pushes you to run away from something is often hidden or disguised as an interest for something mm. else, for something different. I, I've definitely met uh, a lot of people who pretend that they are going out into the world to find themselves. Yeah. Well, while clearly they are just trying to run away from something terrible. I've mentioned Paulo Coelho last time. Um, Remind uh, me, please. Uh, he's an author. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. He, what, uh, um, what's it called? The name of the rose? Uh, no, that's that's Umberto Eco. That's the other one oh, that yes. I mentioned oh. last week. Um, but Paulo Coelho uh, wrote a book. Let me find uh, The Alchemist. That's, okay. that's that's the name of the, the book I was searching for. Um, he wrote The Alchemist a few years back. That's exactly what it is about. It's the, the quickly the pitch is the story of a young guy that's been told that there is a treasure to be found. Mm. And he goes into the world and he is, is going for the treasure. Doesn't find it. Comes back home. Mm. Treasure was there the whole time. That's a very good analogy for the what people are running from. Yeah, going into unexplored territories, seeking for the dragon, and they realize that the dragon they are they are trying to find or to slay isn't there. It's it's been with them the whole time, and they are they are finally killing the dragon when they go back home, settle down, and 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 just accept what they are and what their that's life a bit is. Of my experience with when when i went to japan yeah that i was really fed up with going to school in norway wanted something different mm. and then i went over there and did that and i was like yeah that this is fun this is exciting mm. and then going back home and realizing no but this is good yeah. this is yeah. where i want to be yeah. It helps extremely. When I went to the US, that was right after my apprenticeship and the exact same thing. It's like I lived over there. I love my life over there. No mm -hmm. questions, but it was running away from that. When I finally got back to Germany, I realized, well, now that I have a job and I actually earn money, it ain't half bad. Suddenly mm -hmm. you see kind of the like from, from growing up the securities the country offers, mm -hmm. which is like a solid passport it's just yeah. uh the insurance like what i complained about that i had to pay so much taxes on was suddenly it's like yes but ha having had an accident over in the u.s and thankfully being insured good enough yeah like yeah. that was just like oh yeah that's but what you see as a given if you're young you just don't think about it those are actually yeah. things that matter absolutely yeah, yeah. Let's forget the, the running away things for a second. But that was yeah. a really, really good uh, argument and, and, and a very good point, Raz. Hmm. What pushes you towards dragons, though? What, what makes you 
want to discover new things and put yourself at risk at risks when it comes to to making for example <laughs> too much curiosity for me <laughs> yeah curiosity yeah. and and boredom for you yeah um yeah basically or high high risk high reward kind of thing okay yeah it's it's like curiosity killed the cat to say like it's mm. it's it's definitely i mean you do, it's it's like don't don't push this button it's like mm. do not enter this door without saying what's behind it no yeah. <laughs> no, no no i'm not gonna have any of that <laughs> yeah how about you you read yeah uh the the curiosity is 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 certainly part of it the challenge is as well hmm. like i don't like to be told that something is impossible or that, that i can't do it i have to experience it myself like that, it, that sounds a lot like how you describe your son as well yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Or, uh, in, in for that is exactly like me and it's <laughs> easy for me to recognize that in him Mm. but not easy to recognize that in myself yeah like if someone would would talk, would tell me oh you're 47 now you're too old to go snowboarding with your son mm. i would like fuck you and i would be on my board like the next day probably with my son trying to teach him mm. even though that would not be wise uh I, it, it would depending be on how many broken parts you have at the moment Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I have broken parts that won't be won't get fixed uh, in the near future because I don't want to go through that uh, ankle operation uh, anyway, surgery anyway. Um, like uh, you never want to? Is that what you started on? No, I don't want to to, to do it now because it means okay. that I won't be able to walk for half a year. Yeah, we talked uh, about that. Yeah, and yeah. and and as, so there is no emergency for me to do so okay. till the day uh, it it becomes an emergency and I will be stuck for half a year anyway, but okay. now I just don't want to do it. Hmm. Plus it would, it would mean me accepting that I am old yeah. in that it like in the sense of now there are stuff that I can't do anymore. Hmm. And that sucks just to recognize that sucks. I know how, how old I am. I know what I can do, what I can't do anymore. But I still entertain the hope that those stuff that I used to do and I really enjoyed, maybe I can still do them at least one more time. Yeah. And that last experience will be, okay, yeah, I'm too old for that shit. And I will accept the idea. But I still want to have this this hope of I can have fun one 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 more time, or maybe two twice, or maybe more, depending on how it goes. But yeah. the curiosity of doing new stuff is like the same. I don't want to resign myself to do only one thing or only a few things that bring me joy and and that I like to do and that I sell can sell to customer. For example, when it comes to making and making products. I also want the option to go to this place that I don't know, see that dragon mm. that I've never seen and maybe come back or stay there. This option yeah. of trying something new and discover that, yeah, that was, a, that was exactly what I was looking for, for my entire life. I finally found it. That's an option that I want. I don't want to to abandon. So I want to entertain that idea that somewhere in the world there are dragons that I I can finally see one day, maybe. 
I, I think you always will have that opportunity. I hope so. It, um, there, there's probably was a meme I saw a while back that as you age, you usually keep doing stupid shit. You just do them slower. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. So, and and like yeah, like paraphrase that however you like, but I think that holds true to a large degree that, yeah, you get older, you get more experience, you get more knowledge, you get more mm. capable, ideally at least, but that doesn't stop you from exploring things. Yeah. It I think just w- means that you might be able to do it with more forethought, maybe yeah. better planned. But yeah. the, worst, the worst thing is also to overthink a lot of it. Yeah. Like you don't want to spend your whole life looking at the blank spot at the map, wondering what could be there and not like even go the slightest in the mm. direction. Mm. I and think. Kind of, it's, it kind of gets harder and harder as well. It's, it's, a, it's that same thing with procrastinating the tasks at home. They get yeah. more and more difficult the longer you procrastinate them. The same thing goes for bigger things in life, like going, going to look for the dragons. If you are not in the habit of doing that regularly, but you want to. Yeah, it I, gets really, really difficult after a while to get me, started. Me, I don't necessarily agree with that. The, no, okay. the way I see things, uh, if you compare like procrastination with going for the dragons, mm. to me, it's like a battery charging. Like pro- uh, procrastination is like a battery charging. I, I, have a, I have one thing right there that I need to take care of uh, for three months. Mm. It's there. I see it every day. And and it kind of charges my battery. When the battery is full, I will start doing it. But why do you need to wait for the battery to be full? Why not just do it? Because I don't have the energy yet to to tackle this thing. Okay. To but you could, this you thing. could work till the battery is empty, then recharge and continue. Yeah, but this kind of battery charges slowly. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Excuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what procrastination is. Yeah, yeah but this uh, is, we all have that. I think that blank, blank spot on the map, like that little small one on the side where we all kind of like push to the side, where we walk around it and not discover it because it's a little bit of mysterium that stays mm. and you're kind of afraid if you uncover it, you, you've seen it. Like going by projects that just hmm. read you, for example, said um, that there's something you wanted to make a diorama, I believe, yeah. but you enjoy just watching it. Yeah. I think that's a little gray spot on the map that you don't want to discover yet because it takes away the magic or the imagination that is behind it. That's true. And this that's is something. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like it can also be more interesting to imagine what's there instead yeah. of actually going to find out. Yeah, because you might be dis- disappointed when yeah. you go there and look. Exactly. Is there also a part of let other people discover what's there mm. or not? What do you think, guys? Because uh, when you get older, it's like, yeah, it's it's not for me. As we said, it's easy. I'm too old for that shit. So that gray area, I can let someone else discover it. Mm. It's not necessarily my role, my job to explore the whole world i can just leave some something to my kid or my friends or someone i don't know no trespassing minefield yeah let somebody else check that out if that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um, in in our jobs it can be something like yeah that product is easy to to make for me mm-hmm. 
but that's 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 not my role that's not up to me that's not i don't have the responsibility to do it myself because someone can try it someone else can find joy happiness and and wealth in doing that specific thing that i don't want to tackle because yeah i'm good i'm good at, like i'm rich enough i'm good enough i've done enough hmm. can be a solution as well right yeah I th- yeah, yeah. no i i was just saying like being happy i think is overhyped what do you mean i think i think you should avoid being unhappy but you should aim for being content as most as much yeah. as possible Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. no, sorry. Go on. So, so because I lost the train of thought. Um, I, I basically, I just agree with you. Yeah. It's just, um, it's uh, the happiness. It's like it's. I think it's kind of a luxury to be so contempt with something that you don't have to do it, and that's something to strive for. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I know people I grew up with, who, they. They went through high school, they went to uni, they got a job, they settled down, and they are superbly happy with that quote-unquote simple life. Yeah. And, and that is really good. Like, yeah, they have their troubles, they have their struggles. But like everyone else? I, yeah, but 90% of the time, like, they are content and happy. Yeah. But I think it's important to mention that you, you shouldn't try to be happy all the time. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't. But being content, like flowing at that middle ground mm. and know, knowing that this is good, this is how it's supposed to be. Then you have the room to go up and down in happiness and get a full perspective and range of human emotion to mm-hmm. go a bit further. That's very true. You said probably, or mis- did I misheard you, um, happiness is overrated? Yeah. That, that's what your, that was your word. That, right. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, overrated, I, I, I f- overhyped, or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah overhyped. Okay, I fully agree with you. I think the 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 idea of happiness is is not sold properly. Like, mm. oh, you must to be, you must, you must be happy, and it, like if it's a constant state of mind that never goes down, you're uh, all the time hundred percent. Therefore, you're happy. It's not that. It's like being good in life between. 80 and 100%. And if you're in that zone, you're happy. You're supposed yeah. to be happy. You should recognize that you're happy. But yes, it's not going to be easy to... Or, or maybe just 50% plus. Yeah, even even 50% plus. I mean, the other day I was talking to whoever I was talking, don't remember, but I was like, I have a roof over my head and over my family's head. I have food every day. I have friends. I have something to do. And I'm healthy. Yeah, I'm happy. Oh, he- healthy-ish. Yeah, healthy-ish. Uh, like, healthy, <laughs> I can be with my old age. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I don't have. I. I don't need more. Mm. Obviously, I want more for myself, my family, and my kid. Mm. But I don't need more. I'm very lucky with what what I have at the moment. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Yeah, and recognizing that you are happy in life is for me the very first step to be happy like if you're like oh i'm miserable all the time i'm miserable i'm not happy i I need this i need that and you're never going to be happy just it's, it's, just recognize what you have what you exactly. already have before you lose it as you said yeah before like when you lose something you know that that the value of it like yeah. you were mentioning before you go to the us yeah just be happy with what you have mm-hmm. if you have enough obviously if you don't, 
Uh, this is like the same with the one percent that Rasmus um, mentioned earlier. It's yeah, just yeah. like you, in in comparison, I've seen two people in the same situation: one being happy, the other one complaining. It's mm. normal. Yeah. It's a normal thing. It's um, yeah. we live as a society by comparison to others in order to That's set standards. And yeah, it's it's not. But I think it is in many cases it's a problem. In some cases, it's good though because uh, you have to thrive for something. Yeah, but it really depends the way that's presented. Like, 100 years ago, the people that you were comparing yourself to was your family, your friends, your village, the people who were around you. No, it was also uh, the garment that you wore, or like, to put it yeah, like yeah, in but, perspective. There's always been something where you try to differentiate or put yourself above someone else. Absolutely. Like it's always been around. But it was limited to the people around you in your world, like in your close sphere, right? Yeah. Family, work, uh, the town you were living in, whatever. Now, people are constantly comparing themselves to the entire fucking world. Yeah. Because they are seeing the world on the social media, on the internet, on TV, on whatever. I say, oh, he's, ha he's more handsome than I am. He's well, more well-dressed than I am. He has a bigger car than I am. He makes more money than I, than, than I am making. What's the point? You will yeah. always find a bigger if bear. Looking. If, if you are looking. Point. Yeah, yeah. But you, you will always see one. Mm. It's really up to you to decide if you are looking for it. You will see it. Will you compare yourself to that kind of bear, bigger bear, richer bear? I mean, I don't fucking care anymore who has more money than I have. My only goal in life is that my family is happy and that I am happy and that we are not lacking of anything, that my kid has a roof, a bedroom, some food, and goes to school and have games to play. That's yeah. it. Nice. Something to focus on? Absolutely. Yes. Go for it, Jan. No, no, no. no. Yes. I want to start. I want to start. Yeah, go for it. Right. On Netflix, animation series. Yes. It is American. Yes. But it is really good, and it's yes. called Blue-Eyed Samurai. Yes. Oh, I it's heard about good. it. I have not seen yes. it yet. Yeah. It's really good. Brett recommended it on uh, Full Suit Tools a couple of weeks back. Yeah. And it is fucking amazing. Absolutely. I'm a little bit hesitant on the ending of the first season. It, oh. it it sets up a lot of new new more interesting things, mm -hmm. but overall, it is such a really really good TV series, mm. uh, and I don't want to spoil too much about it. But it is about revenge. It is violent. There is mm. nudity in it. A lot of cursing. Mm. It is a lot of fun, mm. and it is. Edo period Japan is it 1600s? Yeah, more than 1800s. Like uh, yeah, uh, 1603 to 1868. That's the Edo okay. period. Yeah, but th like this is the early part of the Edo. Period. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and yeah, young samurai out for revenge, being an absolute badass, killing mm. everybody, mm. and there is one version of a few of the episodes on netflix and i suggest you start there but go on youtube and watch the kurosawa version mm. of the last episode over again when you finish the series because this is they, they made it so fucking good and it's they clearly had so much fun with creating this 
uh, I think it's even made by, it, I don't know, it was the producer from Logan was involved. And I, I think it's in his wife, or at least to someone else uh, who grew up with that uh, mixture of Japanese and Western heritage. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't. I, I Amber Noizumi is the creator of the um, of the thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I would have to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Uh, there, there's there's yeah. links to the IMDb page and the notions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, into notions in the show notes. That's the word for this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if if you are not afraid of nudity and violence and Kurosawa level bloods. Mm. This is wonderful. This is excellent. This is really good. And it is funny as well. Okay. That's a really good focus. So let me let me do something kind of related. If you are um, enjoying that uh, show, and if you want to go a little bit deeper into that kind of movies and atmosphere and um world there is um there is a, a it was a tv series turned into movies in japan a long time ago it's black and white it's called uh the wolf and the kid that's the original title i think it's been translated into baby cart it's basically the story of a samurai who was a killer he was sent by his lord to kill people for political reason yeah. And at the very beginning of the first movie, he is sent to kill a child and he can't do it. Mm. So he takes the child and run away from his lord, from, from his master. And the whole story is him trying to protect this child from all the people who want to kill the child. But mm. after a while, they come for him and the child. Ah. So it's a samurai movie series. There's a, a few of them. Very well made, very well played. Crazy fights. And it gets crazier and crazier um, after the third, three, third or fourth movie. Really good. Uh, the Wolf and the Kid or the Child. I don't remember how what's the title in English. Uh, it's been translated baby cart in French for some reason. Uh, I will put a link in the yeah. um, thingy as usual. Really good. Uh, it's a Christmas m- movie thing as well. Uh, in Christmas-ish. <laughs> yeah, people dying uh, by swords. It's very Christmassy. Yeah, so. la la la, you die. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Jan? Um, it's the YouTube channel and it's called the, as the 120th. So um, from 120, the, the film format. Mm-hmm. And it's a YouTuber that shoots mostly with the medium format. And about two weeks ago, he came out with a video with a wet blade collidon photo- photography with Guy Bellingham. And uh, Guy Bellingham is a really wet, well-known guy who makes <laughs> Guy, haha all pun intended um who, who does the uh wet blade photography with like the, the multiple 100 years old camera we're talking about like 130 140 years old and also the lenses which okay. are massive and um i don't know like if you don't know about wet plate i highly recommend watching that because the pictures that come out of it are completely different from a usual black and white picture mm-hmm. they almost look three-dimensional 
Oh. It's something about the, the, the silvers. And I mean, there's only, I, I think he mentioned it in the video uh, where he gets his chemical from. It's a guy, like there's only two persons in all of the UK that are have the license to make those chemicals because there's some oh. stuff in it, which is not like necessarily up for grab. Yeah. And right. um, then it's like you have to prep, prep the wet plate or it's kind mm -hmm. of like because you pour the liquid over a metal plate and move it and then you have to prime it in the silver oxidation or in the silver oxide mm -hmm. and then you have to put it into darkness so there's different steps just to prepare it and it all has to basically happen just before you make the picture oh that's yeah, yeah then, that's interesting yeah and and they made some um great portraits um so it, it's just watch it it's like really entertainment it's not a long video probably like or half an hour ish Mm. um but a really nice yeah that's so that that's mine because i watched that the other day and it, it it's another grace well on the map that i would like to discover at one point but yeah. that one is really meeting some challenges because getting the chemicals and the cameras and everything is not gonna mm. not gonna be easy yeah is the is this different from tint type photography um i think it's i'm not sure if it's the same thing I have okay. not read into it. Okay. Because that that seems really fascinating to me. Yeah. So what they collide on, maybe another word for it is the one with the tin. I'm not, not 100% sure. I have no idea, but it sounds fascinating. Anyway. Oh, no. Um, actually, um, dry blade tin types, I just see there's another video of him uh, two months oh. ago. And okay. it says the poor man's wet blade collide on. <laughs> ah. Or collodion, I think it's called. Sorry, I mm. pronounced that wrong. Yeah, so so um, it's not the same. Okay, okay. But I know Good. what video I'm gonna watch later. <laughs> yep. Yeah, small small channel, um, about four and a half k subscribers, but uh, well made. Very nice. Well, did did you? Was that your focus? You had right? What's the focus? I, you... I, no, I talked about the the movie Baby Cards. Okay, uh, okay. The, the, so the title is The Lone Wolf and the Cub in, okay. in English. Yeah. I just checked. So Kozure Okami, hmm. if you want it, Japanese. Any last little tidbits? bits? Mm. Nope, I have to run. <laughs> I'm yep. late. So run. Yeah. Okay, and then I guess that's it. We're done. I, yeah. I don't think I have anything else. Okay. If you want to get a hold of us collectively, you can do that at any of the mostly social places at two thirds focused, including patreon.com slash two thirds focus because it is Christmas and you like us. I have a top at this point. And you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsmea.no. And you can find me at the Redsmiths or Redsmiths everywhere on the internet, more specifically at the Redsmiths.com. And I have a tiddly bit. I just oh, no. remember. Thank you for okay. everyone voting on our poll. That's long that's, live, long yeah. live like that, that with Raglan. Okay. We have to talk about that because that's okay. You can find me at Nerdvendor or Jan Maxwell. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> have a good week. Bye bye.